Episode 112, Hair Covering and Sheetals with Ellie Sheva-Storch. Welcome to the First Year Married Podcast, where we get real about building the marriage of your dreams. I'm marriage coach Kayla Levin, and I take newly married and engaged women from anxious and insecure to confident and connected through practical tips, real-life inspiration, and more than a little self-awareness along the way. As you heard in the intro, I have my amazing and wonderful friend, Ellie Sheva Storch, on the podcast for you this week. However, this was not recorded this week. This was actually recorded almost a year ago when I was doing my summer series with my summer interview series. And then my computer crashed and this recording got lost. And then it got found and then misplaced. And anyway, long story short, it's getting out to you much later than I had originally planned. But I've decided that that just means that there's somebody here who's only just started listening who really needs to hear this episode. Now, as a woman who's been covering my hair for, I think I'm going on like going on 12 years, I can say that Elisheva brought this mitzvah home for me in a new and really special and inspiring way. So just to back up, this conversation was really intended or directed towards women who have already made the decision to cover their hair, which I know for some women is a very big decision and for some of you is not even on the table. Of course, if you're interested in listening and it's not relevant to you, you can totally listen. I think you're going to find something from what she has to say about really any decision that you've made and how to own it and feel good about it, especially if there's kind of a group thing that it's just difficult. Okay, so I'm going to let Elisheva take over. There's a lot of super practical advice. And of course, we get into the thought work. And I think you guys are going to really, really enjoy. This is part one of the interview. Right before we got on, I turned to my husband and I was like, I am so glad we're doing this interview. Like, this is so important. I'm so glad you reached out about it. He was like, yeah, I've kind of been telling you, like, since you started the podcast that you need this episode. So that's you. No, yeah. so that's you. Oh, totally. That's he actually really wanted funny. to do an episode for the husbands of how to calm down your wife when she's freaking out about her shameful. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> then he needs to do that episode. That's really yeah, the vibe. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's funny because I reached out to him. I was like, oh, I, I just... I've just always been passionate about the topic, you know, obviously. And I reached out to you and I thought it would be like, uh, oh, let me look into it. Let me think about it. And you were like, yes. And like within five minutes, you sent me like the Calendly link. I'm yep. like, okay, I guess we're this is happening. <laughs> so the benefits of being a more impulsive personality as things get done in my business. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> I hear that. We're going to call this the first juice-ode in that this is so completely specific to the Jewish community. I have a lot of listeners that aren't Jewish, but we're just going to announce that right at the very top. If they want to listen for anthropologic interests, they're absolutely welcome to do so, but we're going to assume that everyone listening, that, that that's who we're primarily speaking to. We're also not telling people that they should be covering their hair, but we're going to assume that the conversation, we're going to set past the whether you should or not. That's not the discussion today. The discussion is if you've made a decision to, or if you're going yeah. to make a decision to, then how do we do that joyfully, right? So I'll explain the word shaitzel because I'm sure we're going to go in and out. If there's other words, I might just stop you to have you translate. Okay. Ellie Shevastorch, thank you so much for coming on to the First Year Married podcast. It's always thank a pleasure so when I get to do this with a friend. <laughs> yes. So fun. 
we go back because the Levens used to live in Atlanta and you live in Atlanta. And actually we kind of did like a crisscross because you were coming back from Mafia Shemesh and then we got a couple of years where we got to we be friends. We overlapped. You were my daughter's teacher for a year and that was fun. Especially was your great. daughter. A pleasure. Okay. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on. This is a podcast, as I, as I said before we got started, this is an episode that has been a long time coming. This is such an important topic and I mean, everyone already knows what the topic is at this point because they saw the title of the podcast, but for a newlywed specifically, but really at any point down the line, this is one of those things that I see a lot of women are struggling. They're really frustrated, but also they're not, maybe not taking their frustration seriously. Like they maybe judge themselves for caring so much about it. Right. Or they just get kind of stuck. Like, I don't even know what to do. So I know that you are super passionate about helping women find wigs, wear wigs, shadows that they feel beautiful in. And I want to just pass the mic to you and understand why. Okay. Yeah, sure. I, I would say there are a few reasons why I'm passionate about the topic. Also, I want to discuss where I get my inspiration from. The reason I'm passionate about the topic is because it's hard. That's really the bottom line. It is a hard mitzvah. And at the end of the day, there are very few really special women commandments, right? Like they're ours. It is for us to embrace, to get inspiration for our daily, to connect with our spiritual through the commandment. And every so often, and I wish it happened more often, but every so often during the day, I'll stop and I'll say to myself, like all the mitzvot I'm getting right now, it's because my hair is covered. I'm not doing anything else. I'm sitting on the couch, scrolling on my phone. I'm yelling at a kid, but I'm still getting a mitzvah because my hair is covered. You know what I mean? And like, there's something so powerful in that. So I know you talk about choosing your thoughts and choosing your emotions and your feelings and where you're holding. And at the end of the day, really so much of it comes down to that, to how am I going to, how am I going to relate to this mitzvah? How am I going to choose to relate to this mitzvah? And just like everything else, it is a choice. It is a choice. And it's, I'm not going to say that it's easy. It's not easy, but I will, I will own up to the fact that I grew up with this. My mother covered her hair. I'm, you know, religious from birth. It was something that it was always expected. And I knew I was going to cover my hair and it was, it wasn't something that I had to grapple with or, oh my goodness, if anything, it was exciting. It was, you know, oh my goodness, I'm getting married. Now I get to go pick up my shaitals and, you know, my wigs and go and look for headscarves and hats and whatever. And there was, there was a fun element surrounding the commandments, surrounding the mitzvah that for sure in the beginning for me personally, I tapped into. Now I tell people that like, I came to this, you know, job profession I say later in life in quotes because I'm not 89, you know, like <laughs> I'm 33, I'm not that old, but the industry is flooded with 16, 17, 18 year olds who are starting out and already taking courses. So by the time they get to 28, they could be at this for eight, you know, 10 years. Mm -hmm. I was an office manager in Israel, in Beit Shemesh for many years. And when we moved to Atlanta, I decided to take on the skill to learn the skill and I was excited. I was excited to bring what I learned to the women of Atlanta. I, I really just love it. I just, I, I love, like I said before, that ability to connect to Hashem, to God, through something that is literally just sitting on my head on a daily, 
all day, every day. And if I'm able in the times, the moments that I'm able to tap into that, it just gives me a boost. It gives me a boost of, okay, who am I? Where am I? Where am I at? What am I doing? Looking inward and saying, this is me. I am so-and-so's mom, so-and-so's wife. And it's just that, it's like a keeper for men. It's just that constant reminder of looking inward and being able to see myself. I actually just spoke about this at a class that I gave with the story of Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava. And, you know, it's a famous biblical story and Adam sins. He eats from the tree of knowledge. Chava also sins. She eats from the tree of knowledge. And the Torah tells us in the, in the wording, it says, God comes to Adam, comes to Adam, and he says, Ayaka, where are you? And what's interesting is that, you know, when your kid comes running through the house with muddy shoes, what's the first thing you're going to say to them? Why'd you do that? <laughs> why, why are your shoes opening now? And it sends into a trail of like, you know, yelling and screaming. And God is coming and Adam just sinned. And God says, Ayaka, where are you? And the reason for this is because, I mean, it's a whole nother topic, but the question of why automatically, it's actually not, a, it's perfectly on topic. I, I retract what I said a moment ago. The question of why automatically brings up that defensive wall, right? Mm. And if you say, where are you? Then it's much more of a introspective trying to discover, oh, where am I? Where am I right now? Who am I? Where am I holding? And it gives you that ability to check yourself. And I know, Kayla, you talk about this all the time, but to check in and to say, where am I? Okay, this is where I'm feeling. And you can break that down really to any mitzvah, but let's apply it to head covering, right? If you're going to constantly ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? You're going to have that struggle. You're going to have that defensive attitude of, oh, it's so hard and it's so itchy and it's so uncomfortable and I can never find the right wig and I can never find a comfortable wig, right? But if you check in with the, where am I? And you allow yourself that space to connect to the mitzvah and to say, okay, here's where I'm feeling right now. And here is how I'm using the mitzvah to connect to my spirituality or to connect to God or to connect to myself. Then it gives yourself that, it gives yourself that freedom and that space to be able to do just that. Um, I love that. That's I mean, first of all, just the, okay. I have like so much I want to, this is amazing. Okay. <laughs> amazing. Sorry, I feel like I totally just went off. No, that was amazing. No, first of all, I just want, before I forget about it, I just want to say the first piece about like that it's this mitzvah that you're involved in all day long. I don't know that I've ever connected to that. And it's so beautifully simple. It's elegant. Like it's such a simple concept. And so, I mean, I know that I always like would say this when I was expecting and I'd be like, didn't get anything done today. No, I was working on a kidney all day long. Like exactly. <laughs> no right. such thing as being like, Right, yeah, yeah. there's no such thing as like getting nothing done if you're pregnant. So I, I connected there. So it's easy for me to like now bring that one over. And I love that idea of like, you're just like constantly plugging in also brings it into the relationship with you and Hashem's so beautiful, so elegant. I hesitate to say this, especially if anyone would be listening to this episode and be kind of newer to what, what I teach and how I teach it. But I think that you're, you're getting into this idea of like the next question I wanted to to talk with you about is how newlyweds find often, I mean, forget newly, all of us often find this to be such a hard mitzvah. And I think we do ourselves such a disservice when we label it as inherently hard. 
Mm-hmm. So if I'm sitting there going like, oh, it's just so hard to cover my hair. And my husband says to me, no, it's not hard. It's just a mitzvah. It's just a thing on your head. Obviously, you know, like, you stop him. <laughs> it won't go well. <laughs> that would not be an advisable, like husbands, if you're listening, don't try to coach your wife through this one. For ourselves, when we're doing that process of checking in with ourselves, like you say so beautifully, when we start to separate out, what is the fact on the ground? The fact on the ground is that there is a wig on my head or there is a scarf on my head or there is whatever I have decided there is even, there is a mitzvah called hair covering for women. If I separate that out from the idea, this is hard. Right. Then I have like some traction here. Now I can start to think differently about it. I know. I remember one time when we were newly married and someone, I guess I hadn't talked to my husband quite as much as I had thought about how I was experiencing the mitzvah. And someone was like, oh, so like, how does your wife feel about covering her hair? And he was like, I think she loves it. She gets ready so much faster. <laughs> like, oh, you know there, there is truth to that. Like I always say my hair is gross and it always took me hours. You know, my mom would know that like whenever she needed my help, I was straightening my hair. And like that, you know, right. when we were all straightening our hair, you know, 12, 15 years ago, whatever. And I love the, the feeling that I could just plunk something on my head purely from like a logistical perspective. Yes. And it's awesome. Like, look, my hair is beautiful. And I just spent 30 seconds putting it on, you know? Um, yeah, there is value to that. <laughs> and so it's just like, you know, from such a different perspective at the time, I remember feeling so shocked that he said that. Cause I was like, no, my, my knee jerk reaction to that question of like, how is she doing with it? Was like, well, it's really hard. I mean, it's really intense. Like, you know, but yeah, I'm kind of like you, like, I don't, when I really sit back, that back and think about it, I don't really miss it that much. Like it's not actually right there. There are challenges and we're going to get into some of those and how to navigate them and sort of pick your professional brain. But also like when you say that, you know, that, that attitude, and I, I find this a lot with in the hair covering world, um, that attitude of like hair covering equals hard. I find that to be similar. And I've always said this, you know, how there's a, there's this cliche that like, Oh, mother-in-law equals difficult relationship. Right. You know what I mean? And society has put that on us. Society has decided that the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship is meant to be hard. And I don't know where I got it from or how I came to this at such a young age. I was married at 19. I got married at 19. And I decided during my engagement that I was not going to allow, and I remember it being a conscious decision that I wasn't going to allow society to tell me what my relationship with my mother-in-law was supposed to be like, right? Mm -hmm. And I love my mother in lots of pieces. She's absolutely amazing. And our relationship is amazing because of that decision. Because I made the decision to make sure that our relationship was going to be amazing. And what a gift um, to yourself, because now you get this whole relationship you get to enjoy and all this negativity that you just get to bypass. Exactly. It's just like, yeah. oh, mother-in-laws and the jokes and whatever. And I think that the same can be said for hair covering is that if you come in, you know, if you're a newlywed listening to this and you came in to your marriage or coming into this, this mitzvah and doing this mitzvah, this commandment with that societal cliche, then you're only doing a disservice to yourself, right? If you come into it with a different perspective, like one second, I'm going to make my own decision about how I relate to this and how challenging it is for me and how difficult it is for me, then it's like you said, it's, it's gifting yourself essentially. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think it's important to, it's, you know, it's a very fine line between, you know, when we're in that moment where it is hard, sometimes we have to just be real with ourselves and just let ourselves 
have that emotion and just experience the hardness. So this idea of reframing, we have to know when we're available for that. We have to know like when we're ready to check in. And that's why ultimately it has to be an internal process. It has to be something that you're opting into, right? Because if it still really just feels like it's hard, that's not something that we can even really hear in that moment. And that usually means that we just need to sort of allow ourselves to experience that frustration for a little bit longer. Then we can start to kind of come back and be like, okay, what's making this so frustrating for me? And I want to talk about that first shaitel. That's where I want to start because I think for a lot of, like a lot of the newlyweds that I speak with, you know, the attitude is kind of just like, look, I think someone even said this to me when I was engaged, just expect that your first one, like, isn't going to like, you're not going to like it because you're not going like to like the way you look in it and just, you know, so drop the money, move along in a year or two, you're going to know what you want. And then you can go get a wig that you like. You don't agree with that? I don't agree with that on so many levels. And it's, it's physically painful, painful for me to hear that somebody said that to you. Like that's, that's yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what's the, the question is asking the mic. So I guess the main question is like, you know, this newlywed is adjusting that. to seeing herself, you know, with her hair covered in a wig, which is going to look different. No matter how natural we try and go, it is not going to look exactly like her hair. She might even prefer that it doesn't look exactly like her hair. Like we're not going to get into all of the different options in terms of like your personal preference with that, but it's going to look a little bit different. So how much of that is the adjustment period? And, and like, what should her expectations be for, we're speaking about wigs because that's your specialty for her first shades all. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, a hundred percent, a wig is going to look different. It's, it's as much, you know, and, and the shaitals now from 13 years ago when I got married, I mean, they, they've transformed even till today completely. And they do look incredibly natural and you have options to make them look even more natural. Um, and, but the bottom line is, is that it, it, it isn't growing out of your head. And as much as we see on Instagram, like, oh my goodness, it looks like it's growing out of her head. Like, yeah, maybe a filtered Instagram picture looks like it's growing out of your head. Um, or like this, I always tell my customers, like, I don't have a fan blowing so that your hair looks like fantastically <laughs> glamorous. You know, at the end of the day, we're, we're moving, we're walking, we're, we're moms, we're busy, and our wig is not going to look like a, a, a still Instagram picture. Um, so there is a level of acceptance that this isn't actually growing out of my head, right? And so that is definitely that is definitely a newlywed process. It is something that you have to accept at some point, you know, and come to terms with. Now, what somebody said to you about you're going to hate your first wig, I, I, it's so painful for me on so many levels because I, I don't, I, I find that with even women who are married very long time and have been wearing wigs for a very long time. And again, it comes back to this, like, Oh, the, the, the purchasing process for a wig is so stressful and it's so hard. And I think if there's one thing that I would say to do, and I'm going to say this in defense of the shades of offers out there <laughs> as a consumer, you need to come educated. And that is really crucial. I mean, you're not going to, obviously the price is different in this comparison, but you're not going to pull up to any random car lot and walk in and say, okay, I want a car, All right? Well, what kind, what size engine? I don't know anything about car buying. I've never bought a car. 
<laughs> well, how many seats do you want a minivan? Are you looking yeah, for a minivan? Like, truck, like, like yeah. Blue, black, you know. No, that's, yeah. I'm the person, you're talking to me, just so you know, because I walk in, I'm like, I don't know what any of them look like on me, so I have no idea. So <laughs> what do you think I should do? I am not an educated consumer. But that's what I'm saying is that you need to, you need to take, an, there is an element of responsibility that you have to take into your hands and come to your first appointment with that education. And it's possible. And it's not even so hard anymore. You can research the different companies and the different brands. You can understand what look do I want? What's my end result, right? Do mm -hmm. I want bangs? Do I not want bangs? Do I want it? Do I want to wear it primarily straight? Do I want to wear it primarily wavy? Do I want the option of wearing it both? And all of these answers to these questions. Now, any good shades of mafia will ask you those questions also. But if you come prepared with the answers, it'll make the process so much smoother because your wig stylist will be able to direct you in the right direction based on the answers that you're giving. Right? You also have had some time to think through these answers. So if you just show up and she asks you the questions, then you're just kind of giving whatever. Exactly. It's much more off the cuff. So you're like, yeah. mm, I don't know, straight, straight down, maybe, <laughs> you know, like dressy, not dressy lengths, you know, texture. There's so much to discuss when it comes to the different options you have in front of you. So if you come as an educated consumer, like you're not going to show up to a car lot and not know the first thing about cars. You're going to do your research. You're going to compare and contrast the different brands, the different companies, and you're going to compare and contrast the different, you know, within that brand and whatever, et cetera. So I, I definitely think that that's a crucial piece of the wig buying experience. And also I would have to say, don't be rushed into a decision. Don't be rushed. It's a big purchase. It's a big purchase and I may be an Atlanta stylist. So life here is, you know, slower, I guess, or calmer than maybe in New York. And I don't have a constant revolving door of customers. So maybe I do have more time and ability again, in defense of hairstylists all around the world. But at the end of the day, you're making a big purchase and you deserve the time. You deserve the time to think it over. You deserve to go home and think about it and come back again. And at the end of the day, I know for, for myself, that's what I'm here for. I, I need to make sure that you are so happy and comfortable with the purchase. And I'm also happy to guide you in the right direction, you know, being, no being, et cetera, and help you formulate those answers. But at the end of the day, you deserve the time and you deserve to not be pressured into a decision. I think those are really important points. And like, don't be silly in the appointment if you don't feel silly, if you're, you wanna ask her to like take a picture of you in it. So you can send it to your friends and get there. I don't, you probably don't wanna get too much feedback because maybe that's overwhelming. But like, I feel like sometimes when we're in a situation like this where the, the woman doesn't know like what is the protocol so like, am I allowed to ask her to take a picture of me? Is it okay? And you just have to remember, like, you're the customer, you're the one at the end of the day who's putting the money down. And so whatever you need to feel really confident after the fact. A hundred percent. And it's funny that you say that about sending pictures, because I, I would joke sometimes with my husband and say, like, I always know that the sale is killed as soon as they say they're going to send a picture to their husband. <laughs> Like that was a deal breaker. <laughs> Why? Because men look at a picture and if it's anything different than the wife that they're used to seeing, yes. <laughs> no, off the bat, like show it to your girlfriend, send it to your sister, send it to your mom, send it to, you know, the person who sits across the desk from you every day, show your husband, but like 
a little bit later on in the process, maybe, you know, because men will automatically see something different and be like, no, I don't like it. You know, because he loves you so much, just the way that you are right now. And any kind exactly. of, is like a downgrade, but they do get used. To, I've heard it so much too. Yeah. yeah. They do get used. And to listen, it. At the end of the day, I'm not gonna, you know, this is first year married, right? So I'm not going to knock your husband's opinion. And I, I, I'm the first to say that it's important. I mean, I remember, I'll tell you a personal story. I bought a Shazel. It was really short and I thought it was the cutest thing. And women complimented me up the wazoo on this wig, but it was short, short. It was like chin length and it was short, beachy. It was really, really cute. And I got so many compliments everywhere I went, but every single time I put it on, my husband made a face. And I don't even know if it was conscious, if he knew he was doing it, but he didn't like the really, really short wig. Like there was just nothing to talk about. And of course I'm a strong independent woman and I could have said like, too bad, I'm keeping my wig on, but I didn't because what's the point? You know, I ended up selling that wig and I got a different wig that he liked much better, you know, but at the end of the day, there will be times maybe where that comes into play. Obviously your husband's opinion is crucial and it is important. But when you're sitting in that chair with the wig first on your head for the first time, and it's, especially if it's like a different style than you're used to, just send it to a friend, send it to your yeah. mom or your sister. Yeah, for sure. And I think also like if you feel more confident down the line, you know, and, and you're approaching your husband, it's like, this just makes me feel so beautiful. I know it's going to be really different for you. Like that's very different than being like, oh, hey, what do you think? You know, like if you're already kind of sold on this, then basic communication requires you let him know how sold you are already so that you're not so disappointed when he gives you his honest opinion, right? That's like exactly. a trap we tend to get ourselves into. Okay, so we are wrapping it here for part one. Make sure you are subscribed because Elisheva has so much more really, really valuable information in part two. You're really going to want to make sure that you can hear it. Please share this one with your friends, especially if you have a friend who you know is really struggling with this. This could be something that could really get them a little bit of, of chizik, of, of encouragement, of strength to to be able to do something that they really do want to do, right? If we're choosing to do a mitzvah, let's do it completely b'simcha, with joy. Let's do it with love. Let's enjoy it, right, if we're choosing to do it. So please do think of who you can share this with. Send it to them. Post it to your social if you're on there. And we'll see you back here next week with part two. All right, bye-bye.